turn our Bibles to the book of 1 Corinthians, chapter number 2. Corinthians chapter number 2 and verse, begin with verse number 1. Uh, I should turn in there. I do want to say a, a great honor just to have with me my mother-in-law, Brenda, here today. Amen. She made the trek out yesterday and stayed the night with us, and uh, we're, we're, we're thankful, amen, that Brenda's here with us. Amen. I love my in-laws. I'm glad I can say that, and I really love my in-laws. <laughs> And you, always, you know, you hear those stories of the evil in-laws sometimes and think, oh God, help me not to have that situation. But I, I'm blessed with good in-laws. God's blessed me. Amen. And they, they've been a blessing to my life. And I pray I've been a blessing to their lives. Amen. And we're thankful, amen, for the presence of the Lord here today. Um, 1 Corinthians chapter 2, verses 1 through 5 says, and this is the Apostle Paul of the church at Corinth, says, And I, brethren, when I came to you, came not with excellency of speech or of wisdom, declaring unto you the testimony of God. Amen. I can certainly identify with uh, the Apostle Paul that I don't feel like I have the most excellent of speech sometimes in all of the world's wisdom. Amen. But I preach a simple message here today. And verse number two says, For I determined not to know Anything among you, say Jesus Christ and Him crucified. Amen. I am. De- I determined not to know anything among you. Uh, as we approach a new year, usually we make New Year's resolutions, and perhaps this was one of the resolutions that the Apostle Paul made. I have determined in my soul, Amen, not to get entangled with the affairs of this life, not to get entangled with all of the the different things that go on. In the, in, a, in, in the world in which we live. But one thing I do want to get involved with. One thing I do want to declare. One thing I do want to preach. Is Jesus Christ. And Him crucified. Amen. Amen. And I was with you in weakness and in fear. And in much trembling. And my speech and my preaching. Was not with enticing words. Of man's wisdom. But in demonstration of the spirit. And of power. That your faith should not stand. In the wisdom of men. But in the power of God. And I want to draw my text tonight today from verse number two. For I determined not to know anything among you save Jesus Christ and him crucified. And my title this morning is I give you Jesus. I give you Jesus. Lord, we thank you for your your spirit, God. We thank you for the, the Bible. We thank you for the word of God that we hold in our hands today. And God, I'm asking you today that you would speak to us again. God, I'm praying that you would help me to deliver this message that you put in my soul and in my heart today. God, I ask you, Lord, to anoint my lips of clay, Lord, to to speak as the mouthpiece of God. Anoint our hearts and our minds here today, Lord, to be receptive to your word. God, in the name of Jesus, let your word bring transformation to our lives. God, I pray that your word would bring direction today, God, and comfort and healing today. In the name of Jesus Christ, we pray. Amen. In Jesus' name, you can be seated for a few moments. Amen. Of all of the uh, great introductions that you could do in your lifetime, uh, perhaps you may have 
the great honor of introducing the CEO of your corporation uh, to a particular group of people. And no doubt if you were to introduce, if Brother Nate, if you were to introduce the CEO of In-N-Out Burger uh, to a large group of people, you'd probably be trembling and shaking and worrying. And I don't know if I'm going to do him justice. And if uh, Brother Josh was to stand up here and introduce the CEO of Kaiser Permanente, he'd probably be fumbling and not sure. Maybe, maybe he's okay, Josh. He's, he's just, he'd go on the fly. But uh, I know a lot of us, if we're to, you know, be doing those introductions, uh, myself, perhaps, if I'm to introduce, uh, for me, it's Dave Myers at Del Monte Foods. I'd probably be like, I hope I got all the facts right. And, and perhaps even maybe God elevates somebody in this place. And one day you introduce the president of the United States of America before a crowd of 15,000 screaming people out there. Um, you'd probably be a little bit nervous. You'd probably be a little bit unsure. Well, I hope I don't, you know, get that cottonmouth experience and start, you know, mixing words and combining sentences and run-on sentences. And you, uh, there are a lot of things that will probably be going through your mind. But today, amen, I want to, uh, if you will, reintroduce Jesus, amen, to this church here this morning. I know a lot of us, I know all of us, amen, have heard the gospel message and we've heard many different subjects in the Bible preached about faith and about obedience and about grace and about reconciliation. Amen. But there are times, amen, we have to simply go back to the, the major theme of the Bible. And that is, amen, that Jesus came into the world to save sinners. And as the Apostle Paul said, of whom I am chief. Amen. I want to introduce Jesus again here today. Amen. We can open our Bibles and begin at page number one. Amen. We can begin at page number one and we can begin to look at the story of creation and how God created Adam and Eve. And we could follow that story through in the Bible and read about how Adam and Eve in the perfect garden experienced, amen, that mankind had ever known and ever will know, amen, in that perfect experience, that perfect environment, the Garden of Eden, amen, they fell from grace. They fell, amen, from that place in which they stood before the Lord with the innocent conscience. They, they fell from that, that garden experience. And God began to, at that point, God began to set in motion a plan for the redemption of mankind. Amen. God began to speak. Uh, God began to speak to the lips of the angel, amen, that prophesied, or God that prophesied over Adam and Eve, and he spoke into Eve's life and said, the seed of the woman, amen, would one day crush the head of the serpent. And as we know from the fall in the garden, there was the great chasm that uh, came into being as sin entered the world. Uh, the, the great chasm, man, spiritual death that took place that day as Adam and Eve allowed sin to enter into their lives and they disobeyed God and sin came into the world. And God had told Adam and Eve that the day you eat of that fruit, amen, you shall surely die. And while they did not fall down dead in their tracks physically, amen, there came into being a spiritual death, a spiritual divide, if you will, as man, amen, began to encounter an experience where they could no longer go to God as easy as they once did. The Bible says that Adam would walk with God in the cool of the day. 
And he would have that fellowship with God. That unbroken communication. And God began to set in motion. Amen. That the seed of the woman would one day crush the head of the serpent. And the, the plan of God began to come into existence. And in the mind of God, amen, there, there was already uh, the plan that Jesus would one day come to this earth, would enrobe himself in flesh, and would redeem mankind from its lost state in which they lived. And then we could continue on through the Bible, and we could read about a man by the name of Abraham, the father of the faithful. Abraham, as God spoke to him, to take his son Isaac, his only son Isaac, to the mountains of Moriah. And there to offer Isaac as a sacrifice unto the Lord. And the Bible says that as Abraham tied down that child, that his only son upon that altar of sacrifice. And he lifted up his hand to slay his son that the angel of the Lord, amen, said for Abraham to stop. For now I know... Amen, that, that you are faithful and you are obedient. And God spoke words into Abraham's life. And God uh, spoke to Abraham that there was a ram in the thicket. But prior to that experience, Abraham, uh, he said those words that the Lord will provide himself a sacrifice. The Lord will provide himself a lamb. And once again, amen, that plan of God began to unfold Amen. In the story of the Bible. And the promise of a Savior that would come one day. Amen. Was uh, spoken from the lips of Abraham. That God will provide himself a sacrifice. God speaks to Adam and Eve in the garden. That his, her seed would one day crush the head of the serpent. And then God speaks those words again through the lips of Abraham. That God would provide himself a sacrifice. And then we could continue on throughout the Old Testament and we read about a great prophet of the Lord by the name of Isaiah. And it was Isaiah the prophet, amen, that would, that would utter those words, for unto us a child is born and unto us a son is given and the government shall be upon his shoulders and his name shall be called Wonderful Counselor, the Mighty God, the Everlasting Father Amen. And God would speak again to the people of God and say, Hey, there's coming a day, Sister Gina, when your promise is going to come down that dusty road, if you will. And I want you to know as the people of God, Amen, that God will send Himself. Amen. God will come Himself to meet with you. God will come Himself to meet with you and with me. And then finally, that great day arose. That great day arise when the angel spoke to that virgin Mary and said, that which is conceived in you is of the Holy Ghost. And God began to, his plan began to unfold some more. And he came to us. That great God of heaven, that great God of glory, Came and enrobed himself in flesh. The Bible says, For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son, that whosoever believeth in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. 
Amen. For God so loved the world that He, he gave His only begotten Son. Amen. That Scripture is not some Trinitarian Scripture, but that Scripture is an apostolic Scripture. That Scripture is something that we get. The Word of God is for all people. That God so loved the world that He gave His only begotten Son. And in the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God. And the Word was God. Hallelujah. There came a day in the course of human history that Jesus Christ came himself to where you and I were. And I don't know if perhaps it's been such a long time that maybe you forgot that first day you fell in love with God. I don't know, perhaps it's been such a long time and the memory's foggy and you don't really remember again, but I want to call to remembrance in this place this morning. That day when God first found you. That day when you first made a commitment to live for God. That day when God first came into your heart of hearts. And you opened up the doors of your heart to God. You said, God, come on in. God, I want to receive you into my life. God, I want to receive the purpose and the plan of God for my life. Hallelujah. The Bible tells us the story of how in his three and a half years of ministry... Amen. And even before he began his public ministry experience, amen, that hell fought him. Hell tried to take him out. Amen. Hell tried to destroy him. Amen. The king of that day when he was born tried to destroy all of the, the young baby males. Amen. And the people that, uh, that he ministered to in his, third, in his three and a half years, they tried to kill him. They tried to take him out. They tried to stone him. They tried to do everything in their power to destroy him before that, that, most, uh, that most opportune moment when he would go on the cross and die and give his life freely. Amen. But the story of the Bible is about a plan of redemption accomplished only through the man Jesus Christ. Amen. The story of the Bible is a story of redemption. It's a story of the people of God falling down on their faces in abject failure and oftentimes abject poverty and then reaching out to God and God making a way of escape. And I'm so thankful on this Sunday morning that when I was without hope and I was full of despair and I didn't think I'd make it another day and then Jesus walked into the, into the place where I was and He lifted me up out of the mighty clay of the pit of sin in which I was falling so very rapidly. Oh, I love you, Jesus. I praise you today. I worship you, God. I magnify your name. Hallelujah, 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 hallelujah. But he overcame every obstacle that the world threw at him because he knew that one day there would come Amen. There would come somebody onto the scene. Amen. There would come an abundant life center of Lathrop. And that would need a Savior. There would come a city called Lathrop. That would need a Savior. And there would need to be a preacher in that city. That would need to preach the name of Jesus. That would need to preach Jesus to a world that was lost and sinking deep in sin. And so I've come here on this Sunday morning to once again preach Jesus to a city in need of a Savior. Amen. I understand that this building is not packed out. 
name, every lost sinner of whom I am chief. Amen. I've come to preach Jesus to this world. Amen. He is still the only answer. He is still the answer for this world. And I would to God that many people in this city would, would flood the doors, would flood this sanctuary on this Sunday morning and realize their need for a Savior. Amen. That they would realize their need for a Savior. But the Bible tells me that the God of this world has blinded the minds of them. They exist in a state of blindness. There he sat, groping in the darkness, trying to find their way. Well, this movie star does this, so that must be okay. No, that didn't work. Well, well, Dr. Phil says this, and so I'll do that. No, that didn't work. Well, this particular celebrity or personality says do this, and so I do that. And they're just groping in the darkness. But along comes a man by the name of Jesus. And because he lives, the song says, I can face tomorrow. I'm not preaching about some stranger here this morning. I'm not preaching about a God that my parents serve. I'm not preaching about a God that my pastor preaches about. I'm preaching about a God that I know for myself. That I've had personal talks with the Lord. I've had encounter after encounter in relation. I've had my relationship with God go ever deeper. Day by day. As I reach out to Him. I'm not introducing some stranger to you that I have no idea, no concept about. But I am introducing to you today a man, a man for whom I have a personal, intimate relationship with. It is that man called Jesus. He's the one that walks on the waters. He's the one that can rebuke the storm and the winds in your life. He's the one that can multiply the mud loaves and fishes to feed 5,000 people. He's a God that speaks to a man by the name of Lazarus who lies wrapped up dead in his grave and says, Lazarus, come out of that grave, Lazarus. It's not your time. I'm preaching about a man named Jesus. Hallelujah. Who one day found a woman at the well and said, if you know the waters of life that I have, you would ask for me to have a drink. Hallelujah. 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 My mom was raised Baptist. My dad was raised Assemblies of God. But regardless of personal backgrounds, personal experiences, my dad has told us boy's story of how he didn't really have a father in his life. He was there, but he was abusive and, and on down the line. And my mom, for the most part, grew up in a dysfunctional home with a, a dad that was just mean and cruel. But regardless of your background, regardless of your experience, regardless of 
if you may have felt like your, uh, your growing up experience was a dysfunctional mess, uh, regardless of whatever things you've encountered, heartbreak after heartbreak, uh, amen, broken relationship after broken relationship, uh, no matter what you've encountered, what you've experienced in your life, uh, regardless of your background, uh, amen, you can know Jesus on a more personal level, amen, we come to Him as we are, but I want to tell you today, after we come to Him as we are, we don't stay as we are. We're transformed from glory to glory. Amen. God takes us from strength to strength. And we get stronger in the Lord and we become more like Him. And no matter if your mom or dad was a loser, no matter if they were drug addicts or alcoholics, when you find Jesus, you find the answer to all of your problems. He's still the answer for this world. He's still the answer for this world. Hallelujah, hallelujah. It's very easy in our American society to see a leader come to the forefront and think he's our savior. He's going to fix everything. To look to politicians, to look to celebrities or uh, whomever and think, this is the one that's going to fix all of our problems. But alas, they're human. Women go through things in life and they say, here's the man that's going to help fix everything. This is a man. He's going to help fix all my problems, make everything better. Men do the same thing with women. They look at women as a single man and say, this is the one and all my problems are going to go away. Everything's going to change. And we look at even jobs and we say, uh, from an unemployed status, this is a job that's going to fix all of my problems. This is a job. And we can look at material things and relationships and idolize them and think this is going to be a fix-all. If only this would happen. But the only real solution to our situations and difficulties is that man called Jesus. If you can find a place to pray, you can get on your knees and you can talk with the king of glory. That is the answer. That is the solution. It's not uh, wrapped up in some counselor session. Perhaps then that helps and there's a place for that and it brings healing and it brings understanding. But the real solution is getting on your knees before God and getting a hold of God. Amen. It's not through some counselor session. It's not through some psychiatric visit. It's not through uh, some pill in a bottle. It's not through some particular exercise regimen. But it's when you hit your knees in prayer and you begin to talk to Jesus and you begin to get a hold of Him that you begin to get the answer for your problems. You begin to get the strength to go on. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Hallelujah, hallelujah. The writer of 2 Corinthians Another passage says, For we preach not ourselves, but Christ Jesus the Lord, 
There's been times as we prepare on a Saturday morning to go on outreach or visitation and visit people. And I kneel down and pray. And I know it's going to be my wife and I going to visit a particular family. And I think we can go visit this particular family or couple and perhaps brighten their day for about 45 minutes by being there and taking their mind off of themselves and their problems. But if we just go, just name Shannon, they're going to still have problems. They're going to still have issues. They're going to still have turmoil in their family. But if we can find a place to pray before we go out, and this is why we pray before we go on outreach, that the power of God will work in us and through us, then suddenly when we go out to visit a family to encourage them in their walk with God, or we go out to knock a door and to find somebody that's hungry, suddenly you're not going in the flesh, but you're going in the power of the Holy Ghost. And we go to visit people, we knock on doors, we're not there advertising ourselves. We're not there saying, well, my church is better than your church. Come to my church. We're not there saying, well, I'm cooler than your other church that you go to, so you should come to my church. We're not there, amen, to just say, look how cool and look how neatly dressed I am. You should come hang out and be cool with me. We're not advertising ourselves, amen, but we're there to bring the gospel message we're there to tell them that there is a better way. We're there to tell people that there is a man called Jesus that can help you through your situation. There is a man called Jesus that is still the answer for all of your problems. That is why, amen, when we went to visit a particular family yesterday, amen, I didn't tell them you should come to my church because we can hang out together and we can just help cry with you and and whatever else, but we were there and we said, Jesus has the answer for your problems. Amen. Only you can find those answers in his presence. And so we pray and we invite the presence of God in that home. And we say, God, if you don't help him, nobody else will. We preach Jesus Christ and him crucified. We don't preach ourselves. We don't come with excellency of speech or wisdom. We don't come with great oratory. We don't come, amen, with whatever else the world can muster up. But we come with a simple message that Jesus Christ has the answer for this world. And you get His Spirit. And you get His name in water baptism. And it will make a difference. The problem is, is a lot of people want to come to church and be like every other one-hit wonder that ever recorded a, an album. And they want a one-time experience. Yeah, I tried that. But never really allowing God to transform them and to move in their lives. They may come and God may fill them with the Holy Ghost and they get baptized. But it takes a family, the church, to put their arms around them and say, okay, you made that first step to living for God. Now I'm going to help you 
with those next steps in your life. I'm going to help you know what to do when you face crises or when you face uh, situations you don't have the answers for. We're going to pray. We preach Jesus Christ. And as I close, amen, Sister Lisa, if you'd come. The book of Matthew. Amen, the book of Matthew, chapter 24. It says, for as the days of Noah, so will the coming of the Son of Man be. For as in those days before the flood, and this is the English Standard Version, for as in those days before the flood, they were eating and drinking, marrying and giving in marriage, until the day when Noah entered the ark. And in the English Standard Version, it says, and they were unaware. They were unaware until the flood came and swept them all away. So will be the coming of the Son of Man. They were unaware. I have said this myself mistakenly many times. That, and maybe you've heard it preached a thousand times as well. That as Noah preached for 120 years, although the Bible doesn't say 120 years, that the people mocked him. But the Bible doesn't record that they mocked him. The Bible doesn't say that anywhere. And I got to search the scripture myself a few days ago as I was preparing to, as I was looking into uh, the story of Noah's Ark. And we've heard him preach that he's preached 120 years. But the Bible says that he was 500 years. Uh, he was 500 years old when he begat his sons. And the Bible then goes into talking about how he built the ark. And the Bible says he was 600 years when the, the flood came. So it was probably a little bit less than 100 years. And we hear said that they mocked Noah. But in fact, the Bible says they were unaware until the flood came and swept them all away. And Jesus, in his word, said, so will be the coming of the Son of Man. And to illustrate that point of an unaware society, Jesus continues speaking. This is Matthew 24, 37 through 42. It says, Then two will be in the field. One will be taken and one left. Two women will be grinding at the mill. One will be taken and one left. Therefore, stay awake. For you do not know on what day your Lord is coming. The message of our president, Donald Trump, is a message of prosperity. America first. America's great again. I love that. I want America to be prosperous. I want America to be first. I want America to be great. And I have no doubt he's going to accomplish all that. 
But the problem is, is we can get swept up in being blessed and prosperous and life is good and there's no need for God. You want to see a person reach out to God? Let them lose everything. They'll be on their face before God. God, I need you, God. But people that are oftentimes so blessed, so much, it's easy to, oh yeah, there's church on Sunday. I forgot. I've been so busy doing this, doing that. So the world is going to be, as the Bible says, eating and drinking, marrying and giving in marriage. Blessed and carried away with the things of this world. But I'm here on this Sunday morning to declare that Jesus is still the answer. He's still the main man. He's still the center attraction in this church. And lest we ever forget and get so blessed and, and become so prosperous that we forget. I'm here to remind you today of a man called Jesus. A man called Jesus. Another scripture as we close in the book of Romans chapter 1. says, For the invisible things of man from the creation of the world are clearly seen. The invisible things of him from the creation of the world are clearly seen. Those that existed at the time of the creation of the world clearly saw the invisible things of God. Being understood by the things that are made, even His eternal power and Godhead. They had an understanding of who God was. The people from the creation of the world, they had an understanding. They were not ignorant of the power of God. They were not ignorant of the things of God. But they were, they understood by the things that are made, even as eternal power and Godhead, so that the Bible says they are without excuse. Because that when they knew God, they glorified Him not as God. Neither were thankful, but became vain in their imaginations. And their foolish heart was darkened, professing themselves to be wise. They became fools. That shows me that we can get to a place where we think we're so wise. We got it all figured out. But when you eliminate him from the equation, you exist on your own. And apart from him, I can't do nothing. So I want to tell somebody today, you still need Jesus. You can never get to a place where you think, you know what, I'm alright by myself. I got it figured out. I got a pattern down. But the Bible says that His Spirit is like a river. And oftentimes, you think you got your pattern down, you think you got everything figured out, but that river takes another turn. And if you're not careful, you get left standing out in the cold all by yourself. And God's moved way over here. So you've got to stay pliable in the hands of God. You've got to stay as that tender clay in His hands and 
stand to our feet in this place. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Why don't we wait upon the Lord for a few moments and just talk to the Lord and worship Him. Hallelujah, 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 hallelujah. God, I want to be what you want me to be, Lord. Hallelujah, hallelujah. God, I still want more of you. God, I still want more of you, Lord. God, I still want you to be the main thing in my life, God. God, I want my life to center around you, Lord. God, be the main attraction in my life. Be the center of everything in my life.